Welcome to G220 Radio, all of our listeners that are tuning in tonight, watching, listening, maybe listening later, but watching and listening who are tuning into the program. I'm Ricky. This is Mike. Together we are G220 Radio, and we are back together again. I think there's a song like that, Back Together Again. I have, It's probably some countries. I don't know. Uh, I have I don't to look know. it up. But anyways, we are back together again. It has been a long time. I think it's been a long time. It's been a really long time. I don't know if it's been like a month, but it's been a long it's time. Been, well, I was off last week, and then you were gone for two weeks. So, yeah, I think yeah, our I like last them. show would have been the fifth. Yeah, so we are here, and it's great to be back. It's good to be here with Mike and, and have the team back together to have a fun show. We don't have anything serious planned. I actually thought about dropping this one and just going into the Proverbs but um, I thought, no, nah, you know, let's just have a fun one. It's all hollows day, man. Yeah, we might as well do it. Yeah, just have a fun, you know, uh, time. Just kind of talking. Nothing too serious here. Um, might get some trolls. May not get some trolls. Who knows? You know, trolls are them things that live under the bridge. Um, well, that's in those movies, right? Uh, yeah. Did they have trolls I mean, in Lord of the Rings? Was there a trolls in that? Or, I think so. And uh, um, Andrew Peterson's Wing Feather Saga. They have trolls. They're stinky and big and mean. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, we're, we're going to talk about trick or treat. We're going to talk about Halloween trunk or treats and dressing up and costumes and taking your kids trick or treating and, and all that stuff that gets talked about this time of year with legalism or Liberty at the forefront of the conversation, depending on which side you fall on. Uh, and we're going to try to just talk about it. And we also would love to hear your comments because, hey, if we're wrong in something, I mean, we're just chopping it up and having fun tonight. But if we're wrong and you can show us from the scriptures where we're wrong or or why you hold to those convictions or why that it may be the conviction that you have, we would love to hear from you. You can comment in the chat either on YouTube or on Facebook don't know if you could do it if you're watching on Twitter. I'm sure you can, but I won't see them until maybe later uh, if I look on Twitter um, because they don't come into the feed here into the studio uh, before me. But please, please uh, comment and let us know what you think, where you stand on some of these things. We've been trying some new things here at G220 Radio. We've been trying to do questions of the week where we put things out and we kind of geared them towards this topic for the last month. And just to kind of see where they are. And we put them on the G220 radio Facebook page. So you got to go subscribe uh, to subscribe to our show here on YouTube, subscribe or follow the show on uh, follow the page on uh, Facebook so that you can then keep up to date when we put those questions out. They're not only going to be geared towards Halloween trick or treat. Actually, we're going to have some questions of the week that we're going to prepare and then possibly over time, maybe bring some of those responses that we get onto the shows and maybe just talk about them briefly uh, whenever we do get some responses for those questions of the week. And I'm sure Mike can come up with some very good theological questions for you uh, to uh, uh, give us your input. And we would love to hear from you. But Mike, like I said, it's been a while since we've been back yeah. and so much going on in the last, yeah. I think, month or so how have things been with you how's things going with you how's the lord kind of working in in your family's life and in your area there in louisville so yeah it's been kind of busy a little hectic i had a work trip to cincinnati um it was fun 
I got to stay on the 19th floor of a really fancy Hilton oh. um, free of charge. That was kind of nice. Um, not expecting that. And then, yeah, just been doing the ordinary things. Going to church, teaching catechisms to second to fifth graders, because we all know. I mean, they're the reason why I quote the catechism. Let's just, we're going to put it out there. They're the reason why I quote the catechism so much, because of just thinking through these things mm -hmm. in that way. And so, um, yeah, just kind of having that ordinary life. My wife took a half day yesterday, did some Reformation themed things. We have a diet of Verms cake out there that's been very delicious. We had some uh, sausage um, with peppers and onions yesterday to celebrate the uh, just to celebrate the Reformation. Yeah, I actually told my wife when I saw your diet of worms cake and I said, we need to make one of those next year because it looks yummy, right? It is. I mean, it's a chocolate cake with the dark chocolate frosting crumbled Oreos and then gummy worms because oh, diet of worms kind of nothing too fancy. We just use a box mix, pre-made frosting, crumbled up Oreos. And it doesn't have to be fancy because it's just delicious and it's fun. Yeah. And it's always fun to say diet of worms cake. Yeah. I think, I think it's about six hours. If we leave right now, we could probably get there, have some cake and turn around. And I might be able to make it back before the work day tomorrow. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I, I got to get it and go. Pan. Huh? What's that? I have six hours to eat the entire pan. <laughs> Yeah, that would be terrible. Drive six hours to get some cake and find out, Mike, you didn't leave me a piece, man. That would be terrible. Terrible, terrible. But no, it, it did look delicious, man. And I'm like, I told my wife, I said, yeah, we should probably incorporate some of those things and, and use it as a way to celebrate the way you guys do. I think is a great way of, of doing it, having fun, and then yep. teaching through that as well with your children. You know, so they understand what, what are these? What is the diet of worms? <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. A diet of worms? You, I did see some worms in your cake. But yeah, that one. <laughs> but yeah, maybe you can talk about that a little bit. I mean, because it is All Saints Day. What, 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 what is the history behind this? Because you are our historian here on the program. So go ahead and, and share it with us, man. So yeah, I mean, kind of the importance of Reformation. There's actually a great connection and it, an intentional connection between Halloween and the Reformation. And then today, um, Saints Day or All Hallows Day, where we get Halloween. So Halloween will be All Hallows Eve. And kind of today in the Catholic Church, to think about, especially in the medieval Catholic Church, Luther's context, is today's when they would open up the church to the relics and people would come in to pay tribute, try to, try to see the relics, try to end their time in purgatory or family members' time in purgatory. So you have this kind of honoring of the saints. And if we remember in Catholic theology, saints have extra, extra merit in which they can give to the treasury of merit in which Christ would then dispense onto non-saints and so you so that's kind of that importance idea of kind of honoring what they call saints and kind of this uh, connection with purgatory i think it's a when as a protestant i've never celebrated 
today, All Saints Day, in that kind of way, not that, I mean, I guess I every time I read church history or think about church history, that come, you know, I'm in that sense doing it that way. Obviously, we believe saints differently as a Protestant, but that's the kind of the connection. And so when Martin Luther nails the 95 theses on the Wittenberg church door on October 31st, 1517, he did that because that's where they would post bulletins and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But also in light of what was going to be happening in the next day, people coming in to merit some uh, grace and to try to do it. And so that's kind of that kind of importance of in celebrating Halloween, there is that direct connection with reformation and kind of the start of the reformation when Luther starts to kind of understand better what we would call the doctrine of justification. Yeah. Yeah. So, so much history there. I seen our friends, um, the uh, friend of ours down there, a friend of mine down in uh, Louisville area uh, at Ref Church. Um, they had a Reformation kind of festival over the weekend. Then also our friend Joseph Spurgeon over at the Patriarchy Podcast. Uh, they also dressed up and had this festival. And I thought it was funny because the pastor of the Ref Church, I guess, was at the festival with Joseph Spurgeon's church and uh, Pastor Joseph Spurgeon's church. And he was dressed up as Pope Leo. And he had these little coins and it was having the kids do these little coin tosses into the, you know, into the yeah. coffers so they could get the money. So just having a fun time with it, you know, yeah. um, and, and that's why I think it's it's a good thing that what you guys do with your children and in, in enjoying it, but also being able to utilize it to teach them. Because those are things that sometimes I think we forget. I mean, we even we homeschool our kids. So I, sometimes I think we forget sometimes that. It's not just the the textbooks and that way, but when you're doing something that's fun, like baking the cakes and and having these things and we're carving pumpkins and doing certain things, you can use them as yeah. a way to teach your children and it's something they will remember and connect it. You know what I mean? And I think those are those are wonderful things that uh, I think we all could look to to possibly adopt for the future and and ways in which we could utilize those teaching, um, teaching tools to take those things, have fun with it, and yet give our children something to remember. Like, remember when we used to bake those cakes with the worms and, you know, and what that meant, what it symbolized. And so a great, great uh, opportunity to do that. Yeah. Cause you know, every time a coin in the coffer rings, a soul from purgatory springs. Yes. Yes. And so that is much of what uh, the Reformation brought about. And so, like you said, you know, Luther wasn't wasn't looking to start a Reformation in the sense of starting a bunch of different churches, uh, which did happen. Uh, obviously, we have through the Protestants. Although I seen the, the the other day, somebody posted and said, "I'm glad there's still Baptists who don't consider themselves Protestant." And I'm just like, "Oh, come on." <laughs> Yeah, but you know, you should tell you should tell the Baptist that Baptist that he only exists because of the Reformation, right. and yeah. that he comes from. Cal- I'm, I'm I'm assuming maybe Armenian Baptist and his leaning. Oh yeah. oh yeah, yeah. So not only did he come from the Protestant Reformation, he came from a particular Baptist. 
because the general Baptists in England became heretics within a hundred years. And all of the conservative ones were coming out of the particular Baptist into the general Baptist and all Baptist churches in America are founded, find their roots into the particular Baptist movement of the church in England. So yeah. Just and when we say it does. Yeah. And when we say particular Baptists, that means Calvinistic Baptist. That means Reformed Baptist. That means a particular people for which Christ died. And that was the majority in the United States for quite some time. Um, but over time, that began to shift. Uh, I think especially when you get into that Second Great Awakening, you get into the um, easy kind of believism that is going around, all the revivals and dispensationalism, along with all these other false teachings like, uh, you know, Mormonism and Jehovah Witnesses and Seventh Day Adventist and so on and so on, the the restored churches, uh, so to speak, and so. Yeah, man, there's a lot of history. It's good for us to know the history because rather than tearing things down like we've seen happen in our nation over the last couple of years, instead of tearing things down, having things to be there to remind us these are the things that have happened in our country so that we don't forget, so that we learn from it and we we move forward. And hopefully we're moving forward as reformers, always reforming, always looking at the scripture, going to the scripture and saying, what does the scripture say? Let that be our final authority. Where we're wrong in our tradition, let's remove the tradition and let's stick with the scripture. And so, again, not that traditions are bad. I think traditions can be a good thing. But again, so long as they're not over or um, being over the scripture, traditions can be good, but they must submit to the scripture, not the other way around. And that was much of what we saw within the Reformation as well. And so, that being said, where we are today, we're talking about trick or treating. And uh, I don't even know really where we can begin with this because I, I think when we talk about Halloween, we talk about the history of Halloween, and that's not what I want to get into tonight. There's podcasts, there's articles, there's things out there that uh, you can look at to decide whether you want. Because here's the thing, if we're honest, if you're already, your presupposition is against Halloween, you're going to find YouTube videos, you're going to find articles that are going to go the way you believe. If you're not against it and you're for it, you're going to find YouTube videos and articles that say it's okay for Christians to celebrate Halloween, right? You're going to find it because that's that's what what you naturally want to to affirm you, finding those things that support your position. But I would say there are there are a lot of resources out there where you can just look and say, okay, what is the history? Uh, where does it come from? If that's what you're getting at. But tonight, I think what we want to do is we want to talk about trick-or-treating. Um, obviously, uh, I would say right from the front, and Mike then can say whatever he has to say after this, is that we are not legalistic on this issue. We would exercise liberty on this issue. But if this is something that your conscience does not allow, if your convictions say you can't partake in this, then follow your conscience. Right? Yeah. I think to start, I mean, I was thinking about how I wanted, like, if I was to argue this, my position, where would I want to start? And I think 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23 
is a good place to start. If just to think about laying kind of the foundation in which to discuss this, that all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good, but for the good of his neighbor. Verse 25, eat whatever is sold in the market without raising any questions in the ground of conscience for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If one of the unbelievers invites you to dinner and you're disposed to go eat, whatever is set before you without raising any questions on the ground of the conscience. But if someone else says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then don't eat it for the sake of the one who informed you and for the sake of the conscience. And I don't mean your conscience, but his, Mm-hmm. For why should my liberty be determined by someone else's conscience? If I partake with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of what I give thanks? So whatever you eat or drink and whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. I think if we look at that, like within even the Reformation idea of solidea gloria, that where we land on this issue of trick-or-treating or trunk-and-treating or whatever version that you want to come up with to kind of be part of the holiday. Obviously, Jehovah's Witnesses don't care. They don't celebrate any holidays. But when we think about these things, um, do we do it for the glory of God? Do we celebrate Halloween or even a Christianized version of Halloween to the glory of God, or do we not celebrate for the glory of God? And are we using our liberties to kind of force or other times that maybe we don't like we're in a church that maybe doesn't want to practice, doesn't believe in trick or treating. Should we shouldn't be doing it? Are we willing to give it up for the sake of their conscience? And I think when we start to think about this issue, because I can see both sides, there Mm -hmm. is that dark element, which throughout kind of history is involved in that. Mm Mm-hmm maybe not so much in the American context, but definitely early on in the medieval ages. I think there is to say we see that kind of maybe even more so now as our country starts to be more openly rebelled against God. But to, to think about this issue, to understand the the history of it and to make an informed decision that really kind of how can I glorify God in my decision to do or not to do any Halloweens or some version in between whether where I kind of want to draw my line where like reformation parties are fine but actual Halloween parties are not Mm-hmm. wherever you want to draw that line. I think there, there has to be kind of charity and a willingness to give up your freedom for someone else to not like bind someone else's conscience. Right. And I think that is, that is the biggest thing when it comes to Liberty and the hardest thing, right? Is that mm-hmm. as Christians, Whatever we do, do it unto the glory of God. You know, we're not bound by anything that's offered to idols or no pagan. Nope, nope, no. The devil doesn't own any of the days. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to Christ. This earth, this world belongs to him. Uh, The not one day belongs to Satan and so forth. However, 
if a brother struggles in this, what do we do as another brother? And, and that can be the hard part of liberty because I'm not bound by it. I'm not con concerned about it. It doesn't affect my faith. But if it affects your faith, am I willing to give it up for your sake? And that's usually where I think it comes down to we can get into, uh, we could talk so much more about this, I'm sure, but that's a hard thing to do, right? And for something like Halloween or taking your kids trick-or-treating um, and participating in those ways, even if you don't do the gory stuff and the the evil costumes or whatnot, and you just let your kids dress up as superheroes or, you know, little cartoons or princesses and whatnot, Um for some people, it's a very evil, dark day. Christians shouldn't participate at all. But then when you get to Christmas, those same people will participate in, in the, the, the things that happen surrounding Christmas, and yet you don't mm -hmm. see anywhere. They'll say the Bible says we're not supposed to partake in these things, but you don't see anywhere where it speaks about in the Bible about bringing a tree into your home or lighting a mistletoe to, or these, these practices that take place at Christmas time. Yet people have ada uh, adapted to them, or not adapted, adopted them from the customs that have come into this country, and they do those things. And oftentimes, they're not going to be wanting to be willing in the liberty to give up their tree or to give up that because they could have somebody come over the house that is offended by Christmas, right? Or or their conscience is yeah. weak. So it, 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 is, it is a tough position when you find yourself as a Christian, knowing we have liberty, but our liberty doesn't give us license to sin or it doesn't give us license to um, flaunt that before the weaker brother or, and I say that in love, you know, who maybe has struggles when it comes to certain types of holidays or practices that they think is not biblical to do. And so it, it, can, be, it's, it can be a struggle. That's why I say we fall on the side of liberty with this. When I, when I take my child, which I did, and I'll talk about that a little bit later, to uh, a trunk or treat, um, I didn't feel any conviction of this is wicked or sinful or evil. I didn't look at this as me practicing some dark magic or some dark pagan worship, right? I just looked at it as my daughter dressing up like a princess. We're going to get some candy. I'm going to get some Snickers bars out of there. Hopefully, she'll grab the Snickers when there's on the tables and things when there's pick your own candy. Hopefully she'll take the Snickers and I could eat those, but just the different kind of um, fun and activities that could be there. My conscience wasn't bothered by that, but somebody else's conscience might be. So how do we navigate through that? And that's why I said, I think for us, it's a Liberty issue, but for you, it may not be. And so if that's your conviction, we would say abstain from it. Don't partake, don't participate in it. Yeah. And I think, even like within the spectrum, there are rules that pertain to how we act in mm -hmm. Halloween. But let's just consider some simple facts about modern day Halloween. It's the second most commercialized holiday behind Christmas. Millions of dollars, yeah. Most candy is bought in the month of October than all year. Um, an American... It's always kind of been trick or treats. There hasn't been this kind of demonic focus that we've seen more recently. Mm -hmm. And even if that's true, there's a difference between going to a trunk or treat or going around your neighborhood and doing the trick or treating than 
practicing actual witchcraft right or going to do things that god has clearly forbidden and we have to think about those issues that's why i mean we went trick or treating around our neighborhood and again we didn't have any issues with it my kids weren't wearing costumes that i thought would be sinful in fact we went a scooby doo cuz you know why not that's just kind mm-hmm. of you know it seems like a good halloween cuz you know they have ghosts in scooby doo it's always a person in a mask but you know hey it works but to to think about all of these issues cuz we have to remember that people do use halloween for demonic purposes right. And so I understand the objection to abstain because there is those who do it, who practice witchcraft. But as Christians, are we doing that? And is as a whole, is that what the holiday is doing? Because let's face it, Christmas comes from pagan holidays too. Mm-hmm. In fact, most likely Jesus probably wasn't born on December 25th. But... I mean, we really don't know when he was born. There's no, it doesn't say in the Bible, he was born on this day. And, and yet we use it as a holiday, a holy day to remember the incarnation. There's a focus there. And again, I think when we consider kind of this holiday and this festive time that as Christians, as we said, there isn't it isn't a demonic holiday in and of itself, not in American commercialized worlds. Mm-hmm. And so to think about those issues and to come kind of conclusion, maybe someone, I mean, obviously people do disagree with me. And I would just consider. Do you play this out? Are you consistent, as you were mentioning earlier, with other holidays? That's really because in the Bible, there are no quote unquote holidays that are celebrated like you have in kind of the old covenant era. Mm -hmm. You have kind of the holy day of the first day of the week and when they would gather together but you don't have these necessary holidays like you have the Feast of Booths or something like that. And so we also have to frame that, that this is extra biblical and Mm -hmm. in one sense, isn't necessarily required for devotional worship. So that's even more so linked to thinking about, I mean, just even my own Liberty, if someone, if I'm in a church that would hold that we don't do um, Halloween to think about that, this is not commanded nor forbidden. And my question, my Christian worship though, what I do and how I do it does matter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we had this question come up. Uh, We were doing, some theology questions after our um, community potluck, our church potluck. 
um, <clears throat> when we brought it back after the pandemic kind of time kind of was dying down and we were um, getting back to having our, our community Sunday where we would gather together and eat after a service, um, we started to institute a theology question after the, the meal was done. And say, hey, if you have any theological questions, let's ask them. We'll we'll stay a little bit longer. We'll we'll take questions and we'll, you know, answer some of these questions. And one of the questions came in from a, a, a young family about the issue of what do you what do you think for Christians taking their children trick or treating? And my pastor and I both had stated to to them that um, we believed it was a conscious conscience issue that if you're convicted by it, then don't do it but we weren't going to hold you in sin if you went, took your kids trick or treating in the church. And you know, whether you practice that or didn't practice that, that's, that's on you, you know? Um, <clears throat> and at the time I had said, uh, we don't take our children trick or treating around the neighborhoods. That's not an issue from me. That's my wife's just has never been a fan of going around the neighborhood. Now we do do trunk or treating. So you could say, well, same thing. Um, it is somewhat, but it is, it is centralized and that makes my wife feel a little more secure about, you know, taking the kids somewhere where it's centralized. You, if something happens, you can say, this is where we were. This is what happened. You know what I mean? And so, um, we were explaining that to, uh, this couple and there was an individual who got very offended by it and was, um, then sending us text messages and whatnot saying, I don't see how Christians can participate in this. I think it's wrong to tell this family that they could take their kids trick-or-treating and whatnot. Well, the next community Sunday, we were sitting down and the topic came up where they were talking about how he loved Christmas. Like he loved Christmas. This guy who was offended by um, trick-or-treating, right? And he's not in our church anymore. So I, I feel fine. I'm saying this and I'm not going to mention any names anyway. But he loved Christmas so much so that he would dress up like Santa Claus and pretend to be Santa Claus to children. And me and my wife looked at each other and said to ourselves, you know, like we, we looked at each other, but then said later, like, so you lie to children pretending to be Santa Claus and bringing them a gift and you're completely okay with that. But you're very opposed to a person having no conviction or their conscience isn't seared and taking their children trick or treating. And so all that to say, cause it was a lot, but all that to say is like, we have to look at these things and try to be consistent. Look, if your if your conscience is not seared in that, don't try to bind other people's consciences. However, if it really does offend a brother, then we do need to consider maybe I shouldn't partake of this in front of them. Or, you know, um, it's the same thing with when we talk about alcohol, when it comes to liberty, you can drink alcohol and still be a Christian. Now the Bible does speak strongly against drunkenness. No drunkard will inherit the kingdom of God. But if I drink, which I don't, but if I did drink and I knew a friend was coming over who struggled with alcohol, who did believe that it was wrong to drink, I wouldn't put a bottle of wine out for dinner. I wouldn't have beers in the fridge for him to open up and grab a beer, right? I wouldn't put those before him, right? And so those are things in which, again, we have to consider. So those are important things. But the trick-or-treating, if you do that, you know, I think it is those things that we do have to consider. Like you said, Mike, 
how am I dressing them up? Am I dressing them up in the latest horror movie costumes uh, with all kinds of blood and, and zombies and whatever horror person is popular at this time, you know, or horror movies that come out? Or am I dressing them up as princesses and Scooby-Doo or uh, Super Mario Brothers or whatever, like, you know, in a fun way? Um, and, I, and I think there is also something, I think, to be said about, and maybe you can help me out, Mike, if I struggle with this, but like too much legalism. Like if you don't allow, like, I don't want to say you just let your kids do whatever, but allowing them to participate in some things to where they don't then you, you kind of see where I'm going or, or cause I'm really struggling with how to say this. Like I don't, cause I think of my wife's upbringing being very legalistic in her home and they didn't do trick or treating. They didn't do certain things. Weren't always consistent because they would watch Cinderella in these movies that had some magic in it, but they would cut out like things in the wizard of Oz or things because it's say, like, Oh, there's witches or there's this stuff in there but yet that's still in some of these fanny or fairy tale shows, but you can kind of, I'm kind of struggling how to say this, but just kind of like have your children think everything is so wrong and not explain to them these things and say, look, there is people that do things that are wrong. We don't practice it that way. That's not how we view these things. And I'm not saying you have to tell them that from an early age or like, because at five or six years old, kids aren't thinking this is some evil holiday especially if that's not the way you're raising them. Does that make sense? Or you, you kind of see where I was going or you're, you're muted, Mike. So to kind of think about it is we live in a culture. We all do. And there are good aspects of culture. There's bad. And but this is, I think, where Christian liberty and wisdom plays a part, is that you can do the, the kind of more legalistic, we don't do that, that's evil because of the witches. But you, like you said, there is a, you have to, are you going to be consistent? But there's also that kind of aspect of kind of throwing baby out with the bathwater and teaching your kids how to evaluate these things. Right, and I think right. you can start earlier. Like even with my daughter, when we talk about, we just tell her the basics, the stories, mm -hmm. introducing her into you know, what is the diet of Verms or Martin Luther or Halloween and kind of showing her how do we live in a culture as Christians? Now we can separate ourselves out and kind of like almost as, um, monks or monasteries but the issue arises is and i think we see this and how it is it is when the kids are kind of released into the world they're not prepared yeah they're yeah. 18 going to college <clears throat> and 
there is kind of a resentment about not being able to have fun. I think that's kind of where you see it. Not that as you know, in our Proverbs, Mm -hmm. there is a enjoyment, which we are to have in life, but there's boundaries in which that happens. I think when you, when you think about how do we interact with our culture, how we evaluate the holidays, the cultural holidays, whether it is the 4th of July or Halloween or, and I think let's just take kind of those two on, because I think as conservative Christians, especially ones that are probably what we would classify as fundamental and kind of the modern usage of it would uphold the kind of the importance of 4th of July and the holiday that that is versus Halloween, but we have to evaluate them according to scripture. I think if we cut ourselves off, first off, if we cut ourselves off from the culture, um, it never works because the culture is all around us. Right. You can't like completely isolate your kids from culture. Mm-hmm. Cause if you're not teaching them and you're just trying to, try to keep everything off well first off you can't right if you allow them to go to a friend's house Mm -hmm. who are not as the same as you are or it kind of spurs a rebellious nature Mm. i think at times not that it has to be and then right right i think legalism does that i think that's why the law in one way the law suffocates especially without kind of the grace and knowledge is that it produces a bitter rebellion to push mm-hmm. against. I mean, I, I mean, that's as humans, that's how we feel. Right. When we consider Halloween, when we say we don't do this because X, Y, and Z, and we consider it as a liberty to do this because X, Y, Z, then it opens up and helps our kids see how we evaluate culture, which provides the seeds in which then we can help them train them to evaluate the culture. I mean, from a young age, let's just use Christmas. We've taught our kids. We talk about Santa Claus. We don't try to push Santa Claus out and not to do it because you just can't, but to frame what Santa Claus is Santa Claus and of taking this to a guy who has, um, I don't know if to say he's left the faith, but kind of concerning on things. But I think he's this point he was trying to make is that we all know Santa Claus isn't real, but it's like a game we play with our kids. And that's how we frame it with our kids. Our kids know that Santa Claus is real, but yet they still get excited to see him. We also try to tell them why Santa Claus is kind of important in light of St. Nicholas, mm-hmm. the early church bishop, and how he would help kids. He would give gifts. That's where the image comes from. Mm-hmm. Again, it's it's teaching them the history. They know the b- guy in the big red suit doesn't exist. We've always been upfront with them about that. But we play the game it's the society game we play with 
that Christmas and Santa Claus. And there is that kind of secular thing in it. But alongside that, in that game, we try to show the spiritual realities of why is why is St. Nicholas